This is The Business Machine. We talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. These inspirational leaders share with us some of the tools they use to run their machines and talk about some of the mistakes they made along the way and what they learned. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines, create a great team and put tools in place so that eventually our machines will run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hey guys, welcome back to The Business Machine. Again, this is Brian, uh, the host of The Business Machine, but you know that, and also the CEO of Michigan Creative. We're excited here. We're really pumping out these podcasts, and I know you're excited because you're listening and downloading so many times. Today, we have another great guest. He's actually a Michigan native, so that is very exciting for us. And Josh Elledge is here, and he is, among many things, he is the chief executive angel, I like that title, at savingsangel.com and helps consumers get discounts and upgrades on everything through a syndicated newspaper column with 1.1 million readers and on TV in 75 cities. And he's also the CEO of Up My Influence, which helps you do that very thing and to get great PR and to not make mistakes by hiring a wrong agency or doing it yourself. Josh is going to take us through all that today. Josh, thanks for being on the business machine today. I appreciate it, Brian. I'm glad to be here. I, I love all things Michigan and sure. I love all things creative. So we're perfect. perfect. I know that's a great name. We named it for you. So this is great. You know, all I, those years ago, yeah. there there was there was a vision that came into your head, and yeah. it would be fulfilled on this day. I love what you're doing. I I love the saving side of it too, and and we talk to my sons about that a lot too. Is if they could just put away fifty dollars a month right now, and they would have X amount of dollars by the time they're forty three. And we talk about little pieces that we can do to cut our life. So I do want to talk about that. And it's always hard when we talk to successful entrepreneurs and successful business owners to ask this question, but. Josh, when somebody does come up to you and you're at a coffee shop, you're walking down the street, they're like, hey, man, what do you do? How do you answer that question? Yeah. So today, very clearly, I tell them that we turn thoughtful entrepreneurs into media celebrities, increasing their authority, their influence, and ultimately their revenue. So why? So in this, and I think I know the answer, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in this saturated media environment that we're in, and maybe, maybe it's not, but there are so many more outlets for us to go on from social media to clicks, to display ads, to billboards, to TV, to commercials. Why is PR still an important piece, especially in the entrepreneur world? Well, PR has always been important and it will always continue to be important. And I believe that the industry is going to be constantly evolving and it has. And in fact, in my opinion, I don't think that the industry has been evolving quickly enough for consumer demand. And, and right. I'll share that in the sense of small and medium sized business owners in particular. I think that be, thanks to uh, influencer marketing, I think uh, thanks to uh, social media, I think it's really negated a lot of what traditional PR agencies have been charging money for. Sure. Um, you know, a lot of times you would pay a PR agency because they would serve as a gatekeeper and they would make an intro. Well, with Twitter, you, you, you kind of don't need that anymore. And also, I would say in today's media culture, as a, as a journalist myself, I don't necessarily need to hear from the PR person. In fact, I, I'd say in some cases it's it's kind of a negative. Sure. Um, because if I'm getting hit up by a PR person, I instantly know that that's a client who has budget. And so 
I'm going to put that client directly into my influencer campaign bucket and not my, oh, maybe we could do something organic and earned as opposed to, um, you know, asking for my influencer rate on my digital properties. So so there's that. I, I also think that and again, one of our core values with up my influence is human connection. And I just believe that, you know, if. If, if you're connected to the right person and you invest in that relationship, um, you know, you can provide value to just about anybody, includes, including some big name influencers, um, journalists, if you're willing to help them produce stories and you find out what their needs truly are, they'll, they'll absolutely help you. They're looking for it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. For sure. So tell me this, and, and if you can define this, and maybe there is not a definition, because I think some of our clients and, and I think some people really confuse PR and marketing. Is it blurred now? What is there a difference yeah. between PR and marketing? Is there not? Yeah. Well, particularly in the minds of, of consumers, and when I say consumers, I you know, the kind of the business this, yeah, right. in our world, the small business world. B2B. So we work predominantly with SMBs. Sure. In their mind. I don't think there's much difference at all. It's ex- it's just exposure for them. Right. And I think ultimately when you ask them, well, what do you want that exposure for? They'll say to generate revenue, traffic, engagement, and you know maybe uh, improve my uh, – increase my speaking fees. I mean th- they're really kind of focused on the outcome or the goal. And I think – for far too long, I think the PR industry has said, well, you know, all we know how to do is get you impressions and, oh, you're talking about ALV and KPIs that involve <laughs> revenue. Right. And there, you could see just kind of like the circuits just kind of, you know, kind of snapping in their head and they're not used to that. But you have to understand that that's the vocabulary of today's client. And if you don't speak that language and you're just still speaking the, um, you know, the early 2000s. PR textbook that's just all about, uh, you know, again, just impressions and audience and blah, 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 blah. Like, that's fine. Look, that probably works very, very well at enterprise level. Uh, That's not my world. So I I can't pretend to speak for that. But I know that working at my level and, you know, with Savings Angel, my other company, we had gotten in the media over 2,000 times. And I thought, man, we're we're doing this so well. What would happen if I actually hired a professional? So we (laughs) hired a PR agent agency for a while and ended up spending about $25,000. And I'll be honest, I had very little to show for it. I, I had one good introduction at the beginning and then I was invited to speak at a lawn and garden show. Awesome. And that was pretty much it there. That was my 25 grand. <laughs> That's probably worth it, right? That, that seems like a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, you know, Hey, me and the John Deere, you know, it's, it's a tough decision. <laughs> yeah. So tell me though, one of the things that we've run into in the past is, and I want to know if you work with some of these SMBs to do this is, you know, we can get you, like you said, you can get the clicks, we can get the likes, you can get all this other stuff too. And you can then get them on, on the, on the newspapers and online and, and on yeah. TV. But what if they really don't have, you know, cause then there's then what? So, so you have this exposure, but do you ever work on them? Okay, great. Once you get this exposure, they're going to come to where, and do you have anything to offer? I mean, is that something yes. that you have that discussion? Because, you, I mean, you could get the anybody probably anywhere, but then what if they don't have anything to sell or they don't have a landing page? Little things like that. Do you work on that? 
Yeah, Brian, you bring up such a great point. And this is one thing that that I think we really differentiate ourselves in the industry and why I really consider what we do very blue ocean. In fact, we we actually partner and about 50 percent of our business is through other agencies. And I'd love to talk about collaboration later. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just how focused we are on that. But. I will not take a client if I don't have if if I don't see clearly defined profit centers and ways that they can monetize that exposure because if we get them the exposure and they don't get the sales then we're not going to st- we're a month to month service we don't do long term contracts at all we don't do any contracts yeah so that's we an have interesting to model too yeah I like that I they love it too because there's no risk. Sure. Um, you know, if we don't deliver, they walk. And so I have to be convinced that they have ways that they can profit um, from our work. So I generally will take this imaginary 60-day clock. I put it on the uh, wall and I say, look, um, team, we've got 60 days to generate positive ROI based on their investment in, in, in us. And if we can't do that, then we're not really earning that business. So um, what we really want to focus on is you're right. Um, you know, identifying the profit centers, I, you know, linking that exposure to uh, stimulating activity that increases that revenue. And then when they get a placement, I think we're really, really effective at we know their model. And so we're really good at saying, look, you've got social media, you've got an email list, you've got a blog, you've got a website, you need to go nuts on brag, you know, humble bragging if you have to. But I mean, you have to let people know that you're really excited that you were just featured in the Grand Rapids press, Got you know, it. whatever it may be. Um, because, you know, when when people share, oh, my gosh, this is so awesome. I got picked up, you know, someone quoted me in Huffington Post or, you know, entrepreneur.com. Like people generally are like, that's awesome, dude. And, you know, certainly your parents would be thrilled oh, if yeah. you were, you know, I remember when I was in Appleton, Wisconsin, I was on the front page of the newspaper pushing my brother in a stroller uh, wearing a winter coat. And it was uh, basically the story was, you know, spring is starting to spring kind of thing. And and uh, oh, and and I was wearing roller skates and this was in the 70s. So, (laughs) of course you were. But I listen, I made the front cover of the newspaper and it was like the whole city block was just on fire about the how the Elledge boys got on the front page of the paper. You're famous. Yeah. Now that's, you know, again, that's the seventies and, you know, we got real excited about that, but that still happens today Oh yeah. when you get featured, um, on, you know, with large social media influencers, um, you know, when you get, uh, you know, those indicators, we call them indicators of authority. And that's what we really love to add up because if you have enough authority, you can cash that in for some pretty fabulous prizes. So with that authority, and it still happens today, you know, we when we get featured even in the Chamber magazine, everybody knows about it and sees it. And it's still kind of a big deal and it makes you feel good. Yeah. And then and then what do you do with that? I mean, how do you make sure that you're getting the most? Because once you get featured, you know, it's great. And online it stays there for a long time, but it's only so good for so long. What's your sure. next best step? I mean, you have to keep going, number one, I think. But what's your That's next right. best step? What do you do with that? Not just like, hey, look at me. What is it? It's that authority. But how do you how do you make that authority apparent? Because yes, on absolutely. one end, so, ob- yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, obviously staying relevant is going to be really important. But but every time you showcase your media placement, and of course, you're going to keep a, a press kit on your site cataloging all of this. Yep. And in Twitter, you know, it has a little bit more of a shelf life. You can kind of repeat that for quite some time. Um, but outside of that, see, here's what's happening psychologically with your clients or our clients' clients uh, is they see – our client in the news and they get excited and they say it's kind of validating for their customers um, that they hitched their wagon to the right horse or if they're not engaged with that business, gosh, everybody keeps recognizing this creative agency or this doctor or dentist, but I'm not doing business with them. I don't want to get left uh, yeah, behind. Right. I better jump on the train. That's what people feel when in, investors feel the same way. When there's a lot of energy and excitement around a brand or a CEO, a founder, um, you know, investors get really excited. You know, we think that every decision, like every buying decision or every every investment, uh, is is completely logical, and that's just not the case. In fact, every decision is completely emotional, but then it is um, backed up by logical reasons. So you have your emotional reasons for buying now. And then once you're settled there, mm -hmm. then it's just a matter of like, okay, can I come up with enough logical reasons so I don't look like a dummy here? <laughs> because I really want to do this. So that's, so really, I mean, with what we do and how we work with our clients, I mean, we're invoking a lot of like, you know, sales psychology and NLP, NLP is kind of a buzzword or where I don't even know what it is, but you know, we, we really, you know, we want to make sure that we're speaking at this unspoken language with with everything we do with our clients so that they end up winning yeah and I, it's really interesting how it uh, coming for full circle i think is is not the right statement but it's really interesting how we tend to and a lot of our clients have thought you know well traditional media is no longer the place to go we need to be on all these other social channels but i think what's happened over the last couple of years is with at new algorithms that come on on Facebook yeah. and all the different traffic and the clicks and the, I mean, you can barely go to the local newspaper today without getting inundated with many, many, many display ads and it drives me crazy. So yeah. that real media and earned media is the right term. And, and that still, I think even more so today has a really huge value because it's, I think in most people's mind is real. Yeah. And look, and I is it real? Read. I mean, is it real? Well, look, I haven't read uh, truthfully. I mean, I'm a syndicated newspaper columnist myself for over seven years, and I can tell you that I have not read, like, actually, like, purchased or had delivered a newspaper and spent more than maybe a couple minutes in it. Right. But you better believe I spend a lot of time reading news from legit news sources online. Sure. sure. I mean, that's that's where everybody everybody gets their news there. They get their news on social media. They get their news from blogs. Um, all of that, uh, you know, you know, it's the rules are the same. Rules of engagement are the same. It doesn't matter if you're working with a traditional journalist writing for a traditional news um, news company that that happens to be publishing on the web yeah. and has to, happens to have a decent sized audience there, or you're talking with uh, a big time Instagrammer. The rules of engagement with them are pretty much the same. In that, the more authority you have, the more they are going to pay attention. So our job with our clients is to boost their authority as quickly as possible so that they're taken seriously everywhere they go. Got the it. best way to do influencer marketing 
Brian, is to be an influencer yourself. <laughs> right. That's a good tweet right there. If yeah. someone's listening, I'm like, going to tweet it right now. Twitter right here. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, tweet that and tag me at Josh Elledge, and I will totally retweet that. Sweet. Hi, everybody. Brian here real quick. This episode of The Business Machine is sponsored by the one and only Michigan Creative. That's right. Michigan Creative sponsors this Business Machine podcast for now. So if you have other sponsors that would be willing to sponsor our little Business Machine podcast, it's a great resource for business owners across the globe. And this one is sponsored by us here at Michigan Creative. Michigan Creative is a full-service marketing and design firm in Lansing, Michigan. We provide mobile-friendly websites, digital marketing, video production, branding, graphic design, and much, much more. So we'd love to work with you uh, wherever you are, and we really just want to talk to you. So if you want to just talk to us here at Michigan Creative, you can call me. My cell phone is 517-899-4533, or just visit michigancreative.com. All right, back to the show. So tell me a little bit about that business of getting into business. So you had Savings Angel, and then you come up with this idea like, hey, we're really getting a lot of traffic here. We're getting a lot of really great earned media. We're getting a lot of good PR and it's actually working. I want to know, and we'll talk about Savings Angel too, but I want to know that moment where you're like, hmm, maybe I should start a business doing that. And how did that come up and yeah. how did that first little bit go? Yeah, completely unintentional. But then I, I kind of discovered that, and I'll explain exactly what happened. Uh, and then I'll, I'll explain my discovery. Um, so I believe that when you have success in business, that I think that we all have an obligation to find opportunities to mentor pro bono. And that we just, we find ways to serve because I had people yeah. that uh, that mentored me at the very beginning. As a matter of fact, at many stages in my life, you know, just people that offered me good advice, you know, because they had been down the road. The economy, it's good for the economy when we choose to give, when we choose to serve. And so in our local startup community, we had since uh, moved to Orlando. I started serving there and I, I was teaching them and doing workshops and teaching uh, startup owners how they could get all the press that that we had gotten and how they could improve their authority and their influence. And they followed my advice and it started working. <laughs> and then a few of them. Start asked, well, could we hire you from time to time? And maybe you could kind of help us out. And I said, well, I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that. You know, I'm, you know, I've got another company that's keeping me pretty busy, but sure. I'd be happy to do that. And so I started doing consulting. And I think a lot of agency owners, this is kind of how they get into it, is they, you know, kind of work solo and just kind of give a lot of good advice. And then they realize, you know what? I am seeing a huge need in the marketplace for what I have to give. And and that's especially, I think, what we're seeing in the PR industry. Again, I think there are lots of good practitioners um, and I think a lot of good ones that, you know, truly embrace um, social media tools. Um, but I think that uh, there's there's still a lot of evolution that, that needs to take place to catch up with the market. Yeah. So I just assume be at the cutting edge of where the market wants to, what the market is asking for. And that's what up my influence has become. And so now, you know, we're an agency, we've got about uh, 16 people and I intend to double that by the end of summer um, wow. because 
we're filling a need and are, I think we're, we're offering our solutions at a price point that, I mean, it truly is, it's blue ocean. It's, it's about one third to, to one fifth of what normal PR agencies charge. So, um, and, and we don't intend to go after big, big clients. We, we have no interest in that. They have fantastic PR agencies to help them. I believe in democratizing PR. I believe that everybody has a message that can positively impact the world. And the challenge is, is I think that the PR industry is served too much as a gatekeeper um, and not a gateway. Yeah, the democratizing PR, I think that's another good tweet because that is what you're kind of doing. And I was really surprised because even not even just the big PR agencies, but to get somebody who is you know, successful in trying to get you out there. We, we interview people all the time that are coaches and business coaches and entrepreneur coaches. And, you know, at that price point, you, I mean, no one else is doing it quite to yeah. the way you're doing it at that price point. It's just not, it's not feasible. They're just not doing it. Yeah, we've we've essentially stripped away all the stuff that's just not effective anymore. It's a huge money maker, but sure. we just we don't do the money making stuff. <laughs> we <laughs> we just focus on how can which is I, I don't know if that's the smartest yeah. business plan, but uh, it not work you know, out, really man. it's you know, I think identifying what the market is asking for yeah. and saying, well, uh, and the price point they're willing to pay and just like, well, how could we theoretically fulfill this. And I think that that's really the challenge that we've taken. And so our approach to everything is somewhere between done for you and done with you. We, yep. we, we actually try to remain as invisible as possible with our clients to their intended media targets. We don't want them. We don't want the media targets to know that they're being represented by a PR firm. Yeah. Um, so we try to stay out of the way. Um, and so we're editing, we're advising, we're coaching, we're guiding, we're giving, you know, we're, we're doing constant, constant, um, review of everything our clients are doing, but somebody else's fingers need to be on the send button yeah. that I think that's one of the biggest differences. And because of that, our placement rate is pretty good. Yeah. Because they don't see it as just another PR agency. coming. That's out right. There. Right. That's it. So talk to me a little bit about where you see this. And, and it's hard to say 10 years. I look to, I love to look out 10 years because I think it's great for us to set goals of where we want to be. And even if it's ridiculous, we can set revenue goals. We can set where we see. And you already have that in your mind. You want to double your mm -hmm. staff right now, too. So I want to talk about what you think is at the base of it. And what I believe is that what you're doing is simply storytelling, and you're, which is the basis of all marketing and all PR is you're really telling stories and then helping those stories get out to the right networks. Is that going to change? How do you foresee what you're going to have, what you're currently doing now? How are you going to evolve? Or is it going to be the same? It's just going to be on a different platform. Yeah, Brian, this is this is so much bigger than us. Um, yeah, we're a platform. We're a tool. I think we're kind of a spark yeah. uh, to this powder keg that's filled with pent up demand in the marketplace who say, you know what? We don't need gatekeepers. We just need each other. All we have to do as small and medium-sized business owners is just simply lock arms. Let's give ourselves access to tools that have normally been priced out or have been meted out um, in a very, um, you know, Scrooge fashion. Um, and, and let's just kind of take back our yeah. own influence and all rise together. This is the movement that's that's taking place. Um, I, I think we just happen to be one player in this movement. And, um, you know, but as a result, because I think, you know, we aim to we're, we're playing in a blue ocean here. Um, uh, but I anticipate that we'll be an eight figure company. Yeah. Uh, probably, I don't think within, I'd say we'll do that within five years. Right. 
And um, and we're doing that by going and helping all of the uh, all the little people that I think a lot of a lot of agencies I see, you know, they kind of play this game of going after the biggest and biggest and biggest clients. Sure. And I get it. I mean, you can make really, really good money serving big clients with big, deep pockets. And, you know, they're willing to invest years and years um, without, you know, questioning their, um, you know, their returns. I mean, but it's getting tougher. Um, I, I think that the demand on the industry uh, has been greater and greater. And unfortunately, we've been We've been seeing, especially lately, we've been seeing a rash of layoffs at some really big PR agencies. So That's I, again, I just think that there's, I think that there's a lot of, ch it's an exciting time. Listen, for those who are willing to adapt, I think it's a really exciting time uh, to be in the communications or PR space uh, or really any, you know, creative or business, anything that has to do with business growth. There's so much new happening that I think that there are a lot of millionaires that are being made by producing, you know, tens of millions for their clients. And if you can do that, you're going to do really, really well. Yeah, that's what I love about our business. I was just speaking to a creativity class. It's great. Michigan State has a class that's called creativity, and you have to take it as a freshman. And I was speaking to 300 students, and I was telling them that very thing. I'm like, you guys have this huge opportunity right now. You're all freshmen. Not only do I want you to make a lot of mistakes over the course of the next four years. Yeah. However, if you can write a little bit, I was telling them, I said, here's what you need to do. You need to go work for free somewhere and just volunteer. You're broke anyway. If you can write, <laughs> if you can write a little bit and you're okay at writing, if you can edit a little video and shoot a little video, and if you can do some social media, great. And then if you can code a little bit and maybe do some little graphic design, you're going to be really, really valuable. People forget that that creative person, everyone needs one and there's not very many of them. And so I'm like, you guys are in a really, really good time. And it's exciting because historically and in the future, people always need creative folks to help them think in different ways that they can't because they're too busy running their business. And so I, I, mm. I, I agree. I'm super excited. I'm super happy that we are where we are today. I do miss teaching because um, I would love <laughs> to bring this to elementary and middle school and high school kids because I think that kind of message is getting lost. But it is exciting. Yeah. So tell me I, a little bit it. about Josh. You know, so what I want to know from you is now, you know, you've kind of started this and, and, and it was a lot about you doing things in the beginning. And now you're talking about, all right, I've got 16 staff members. I want to double that. So now what as a business owner that, you know, we've been through, we're not quite there yet. We have 12, but I still feel like now we're starting to get a little bit bigger. And I'm afraid yeah. down the road that maybe I won't have as much impact or I won't be able to touch as many people that work for us. We won't be that close knit family. How do you make sure that that person, you know, the 30th person you hire is as passionate as you are about what you're doing? And, and how do you oh. do that? And are you worried about that? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's purpose. If you understand what your purpose is and you've really spent some time to dig into that and really lean into purpose first, um, particularly, you know, and, and encapsulating that as well, like you, you truly have invested time into fleshing out what your values are, then you're going to do okay. And in fact, um, you know, one story I heard, and I might be screwing this up, so forgive me if I'm this, you know, this belongs on Snopes or something, <laughs> but it sounds like a great story. So sure. I'll tell it anyway. Uh, we'll go for uh, it. 
<laughs> but uh, so Tony Shea, uh, apparently from Zappos, uh, yeah. overheard a couple of his directors speaking and um, and they were arguing over something. And one director said to the other, well, we just need to go ask Tony about this. And the other the other guy basically goes, screw what Tony says. You know, it doesn't matter what he says. This is our purpose. These are our values. This is what we do. And Tony overheard this conversation, and he said when he heard that, he knew Zappos was going to become a billion-dollar company. Really? So, well, yeah. you know, that's the way the the the, the legend goes. So, but I <laughs> think Google that, that for me. Yeah, you know, well, but this, let's talk about that situation. I have to Google that myself just to make sure that uh, I'm telling uh, correct stories. But it's boy, it sounds like a good story. Yeah, but it really has a good meaning to it because if you think about that in a in a typical business setting or a CEO that wasn't really about that might might see that as a negative. Yeah, no, no, you want that because look. We all want to be, and I, I, I actually spent, uh, I just spent a week with Tony Robbins at uh, Business Mastery, and we all want to move from being business operators to business owners. And at the beginning, you kind of have to do everything, right. but really, it's about cultivating and building leaders. And if you can, you know, grow your COO and your C two CTO and everybody else within your organization and you get them on the stages speaking and you get them in the spotlight Perfect. that's what it's all about um you don't have to be there so um you know as i get older uh you know and if i want to spend you know a couple of months on an island somewhere uh, i can do that i mean that's the kind of lifestyle that i want to build for um my family my sweet wife and i i mean that's that's my goal. I want to empower other people with the ability to rise. I mean, that's that's part of our uh, that's one of our core values. In fact, democratic part of democratization is empowering all with the ability to rise. And that includes both our clients and that includes our employees as well. Yeah. And I like that idea of thinking about what you want to do. And I also want to do that, too, for my employees. I want them to have those kind of dreams. What's it going to take for them to be able to be on that island? And how are mm -hmm. they going to get there, too? Because if they're doing that, then hopefully that means that I've done it before them too. But a yeah, great, one of the quotes absolutely. I share all the time with students, and I love it, and, and it's hard to do. It's really easy for me to do, but a great leader really, their goal, and I try to tell my staff this too as leaders themselves, is you know, a great leader really their job is to make everyone around him or her better than they are. And sure. yes, that's the idea. And it, and it works. I coach my son's peewee football team. I'm like, and they don't really get it. They think I'm stupid, but I'm like, <laughs> you guys, look, your job is not to complain about so-and-so, but make him better. And that's what yeah. makes a really good team. And so it's fun. I love, I love the leadership aspect. I've had to learn a lot in the last six years. It's a lot different than teaching in some ways and very similar to teaching in others. But tell me about some mistakes that either you guys made early on or you made early on, or you see common mistakes that small businesses are making that they're correctable, but they're mistakes that if we can get rid of them, we should. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I've made lots of mistakes. Um, uh, two, two in particular. Um, one is just kind of small, just simply because you know, talking about the issue of scaling. Yeah. You know, as you grow and you have more people, so when you go from, so I, and I think I went from solo practitioner, to, you know, being in a position where I call all the shots to uh, now having uh, other leaders, um, I complete, I do myself a major disservice when 
I just jump in and make executive decisions. Yeah. Now, sometimes you need to do that, but I think that it's fair that everybody has a voice and that you deeply consider the the employees that you have working in the trenches. And I know we all think that we're the next Steve Jobs and you know we know what the market wants before the market even does, you sure. know, all that sort of thing. You don't. Um, really, the only way you can you, you, really, the only way you can grow a business is you just have to test. You, you have to find out what people want. You have to find out, you know, what are your employees seeing? Not again, not every idea is going to be the, the, the idea that you ultimately pursue. But I, I think it's really, really important that we give everyone a voice. Um, and that's, you know, again, that's that's part of our purpose um, is that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Sure. So um, even, you know, the whatever, the janitor. So I've made mistakes where I say, well, you know, I, I'm the CEO, so I'm going to decide this. And I kind of did that without really consulting people that it would really impact their life a lot. <laughs> if you did and, it, yeah. Uh, you yeah, don't do that. You can't yeah. do that. <laughs> Well, I was saying, I'm sorry, say that, Brian. No, yeah. So, like, I always try to run people by it, and I'm like, hey, what about this? They're like, yeah, we're not going to do that. <laughs> it's always yeah, good to no, have that check. Yeah. No, no. Part of the problem is, uh, is that most founders of companies are not, they're artists before right. they are uh, true e entrepreneurs or kind of like, operations leader managers. And those are kind of the three different types of, of CEOs. You know, you have your artist, your creative, you've got your leader manager, loves to lead and manage people. And then you have your true E, like they love venture capital and money, money, money. It's all about, I mean, it's just all about the ups and the downs and the financials. And the good litmus test, by the way, to know which of those three you are is if you're like if your income was just like you were set for life, like you have seven figure income set for life and it really doesn't matter what you do. What would you still be doing, uh, you know, with your time? Yeah. And and I would absolutely be creating products and services that solve people's needs. And yep. that's that's most business owners you see like on Shark Tank. Um, yep. Yep. So but what that means is you need to attract uh, those people that can fill in those areas of expertise. I mean, I'm a competent leader manager. I'm, I'm pretty good at it, I think. Um, but it's not my true nature. So I need to make sure that I have a really, really good director of operations. And I do. Yeah. Uh, and then similarly on the E side of things, uh, you know, I, that's why, you know, again, my, my two areas that I've promoted faster than anything would be my director of operations and um, a fractional CFO um, who can really help me making those money decisions because, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, and actually making decisions based on numbers and stuff instead of like, you know, a magic eight ball and some Smurf berries. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, the Smurf berries are perfect. You know, yeah, right. Yeah, right, right. Oh, I was going to share one other um, thing. And this was earlier in my business career, but it's a major mistake. And that is, is that I was afraid of selling, um, and I had owned a small town newspaper for a couple of years, uh, which is a horrible business to do. No, I imagine. Um, <laughs> you don't, so don't do that. Okay, good. No, no, that's the first mistake. And second mistake is that I was afraid of selling to people because I thought that selling was really just convincing people of something that they need to have or you want them sure, to have. Sure. And that's just so not it. it. It's really, it's about helping people. And should you get fairly compensated for that? Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you need to always make sure that you are delivering, over-delivering on value so that they say, wow, I gave you $1,000 and I got 
1200 to $1,500 worth of value, I want to keep on doing this. And if you don't over-deliver on value, you need to look at your products and services and find a way where you can. Um, that's the way that all money investments should work. At the, you know, Again, I'm speaking as a consumer advocate here, which is what I do with Savings Angels. So it's really kind of flavored what I do. But because I was afraid of selling, it ultimately led to that and a number of other factors. Number, uh, I'd say namely the fact that my business was a newspaper. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, ultimately that that uh, that business folded spectacularly uh, and it ended up costing me a lot of money. Lost a house, um, ended up ultimately declaring bankruptcy because of that, because I was afraid to sell. And And I think you really just need to understand the power, not the power, but the immense gift you have uh, if you are in the sales position of just the the value that you can bring people and the gift that you have to bring people and and how you can truly change lives. And you you just simply have to be the leader and provide the courage that most of us lack because you're talking about doing something new. Um, we just need to lean on your confidence. And if you can lead action like that, I don't think there's anything more nobler in life um, than being in sales. Yeah. And that's so fun. We just did a big sales somewhere that talked about that, that the most important thing for us and for all small businesses right now is and how important it is. Because when I first started this company, I was thinking about culture and this is what we're going to do for culture and this mm -hmm. is what we're going to do. And I think that's great, but we can't do any of that if we don't have sales. And you might as well not even open the door if you don't do sales. And how you get comfortable with sales, just like you said, is you really have to think of it in a way that I'm providing you with this really good service and this really good product, and you need what I have. And that's the way you can try to shape it a little bit to look at sales in that way. But how important and cash flow was one of the things that as a, as a new business owner, I didn't really understand. And that hurt us. I think it really hurt us. Yeah. And did, did that make you so, you, so you bankruptcy and you lost that newspaper, did that make you nervous to do something else? Oh, yeah. So I, I went straight into a direct sales and marketing position as an independent contractor with another company. Yeah, okay. And I did that for five years. And you talk about being thrown into the fire. <laughs> I, In order for me to eat, I had to sell. Right. And I did that for five years and I needed that time. And, and that five years was so well spent because when I got on the other side of it, uh, I was extremely comfortable with spending my days in service for, to, to other people. And it, sometimes, most of the time that meant, um, you know, introducing my product in a way that would solve their need. Sometimes it didn't. Yeah. And I would maybe offer them other advice, but I, I really saw my role as a chief advocate for anyone that I came and came across and how I could make their life better. Chief advocate. Yeah, I like that. So you own multiple businesses, you're uh, speak at conferences, you're on podcasts, especially this one. I know it's a big deal. So how do you separate yourself sometimes because in the world and I don't like using work life balance because I think you know if you really enjoy what you do you can you can balance it fairly well but there is times especially when I was first starting off that it seemed like to me that if I wasn't working on my business at any time that I was losing money and mm. I had this feeling like oh my gosh I bet other people are working right now and things like that and so I have four children <laughs> I know you have three children um how do you draw that line in the sand. Are you able to do that? And how do you do it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I believe that balance is largely a myth. Like, you know, yeah. all of us, oh, I want to live a balanced life. Forget sure. it. Yeah, that's impossible. <laughs> that doesn't it's, exist. It's just, 
yeah, it's just not going to happen because, yeah. um, you know, you're like my son recently broke his arm. I spent all day in the hospital with him and everybody else, uh, everything else in my life got put on hold. Sure. Um, and, you know, uh, other stuff, you know, I hurt my back um, uh, this past weekend. And so I've had to really take it easy. So there's a lot of stuff like physical fitness is something that's a it's a real priority for me. But because of that, I'm not able to go out and run and do crazy, you know, Sean T, T25 uh, <laughs> workouts. So that means that gets to, you know, that gets put on hold. So again, you're not going to be able to balance everything. Like I'm going to do 25% of this, 25% of this, 25, you know, that's never look just, it's, it's unrealistic. So what should you do instead? So instead you work in bursts and, uh, you, you identify what your strongest and heaviest priorities are for the time and you adjust. So, uh, I love taking several days off and being with my family and, you know, I don't mind being accessible via Slack. I'm not that crazy about, you know, oh, no, I have to completely unplug. Um, but, you know, maybe I just check in a couple times a day. Um, and, and as a business owner at our stage, you know, I'm not yet at that level where I can really, truly walk away for too long a time. Right. Um, but, um, you know, I, I I also look at the things that I could do like I could I could do a lot more gaming, for example, and I'm just it's I'm just not in a season of life where I can spend days and days and days uh, playing Planet Coaster or Roller Coaster Tycoon or, you know, Sims, <laughs> or, you know, whatever, whatever. Obviously, you can tell what kind of games I like. Sure. Um, I love builder games, but um, you know, it's just it's just not the season of life where I get to spend my time doing that. In fact, I will work harder and I will work an extra three hours a day so that I can have a, a bank account that's very flush and 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 I can take the time and go and just spend with my family and I can invest in 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 better team uh, in, in a bigger and better team uh, and so that will give me more freedom to do the things that I really really want to do but don't don't feel guilty I mean there's there's you know Jim Rohn seasons of life um, if you're in a, a seed planting season that's just where you are yeah. and you're not always going to be there because summer's going to come and fall's going to come where you can reap the harvest um, so, yeah, don't 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 feel too guilty if you're you know, it look, if you are feeling guilty that you're not spending enough time with your kids, your wife or whatever, or your husband, um, use that to carve out that time. Don't don't let that go too far, because there's some there's some pretty bad consequences to, you know, putting off our families for too long. So you, you do absolutely always have to be aware of that one. Yeah. And that's something that you have to really make, yeah, be conscious with too. And I, I've gotten over that too. And I think a lot of people have too, but there has to be something where you're going to specifically set out. One of the things that we've done here as a company is we've shared all of our personal and, and business calendars with each other so that we can hold each other accountable to make sure that if like, for example, we have Valentine's parties to go to yesterday that we attended yeah. those Valentine's parties and those were on the calendar and no meetings can get scheduled during those times. So that's been one of the ways as a company that we've been able to hold ourselves accountable too. So mm. I love it. Hey, everybody. This week's episode is also sponsored by Freshwater Apparel. Check out freshwaterapparel.com. That's freshwaterapparel.com. And check out their spring collection of T-shirts. And soon, beanies are going to be on the way. We love these guys over at Freshwater. It's a Midwest clothing company. And they make all their products in Lansing, Michigan. And the shirts are 100% made in America. So you can't beat that. So if you love fresh water like we do here at Michigan Creative, you should definitely check out their site. Lots more coming, but right now they have t-shirts and tanks for both men and women. 
like I said before, beanies are coming, stickers, all that stuff. So check out freshwaterapparel.com and get fresh. Back to the show. Give me a quote. You know, I pass out cheesy quotes all the time. I still love quotes. I have them in my presentations, my keynote presentations and PowerPoint and all that stuff too. What's a favorite quote of yours? Um, it's going to be, it's, it's sitting right here in front of me on my wall. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, a person is just about as happy as he or she makes up their mind to be. Yeah, I like that. And that is, you know, and then we were just talking on a podcast earlier today that it's all about, you know, and this is the second or third time in the last two days that people talked about purpose and being there in the moment. And mm. I think those two things are really important. I have to remind myself of being in the moment every single day and just simply enjoying what you have right now today. And I think it's not even that we take things for granted, but I think enjoying the what is happening at this moment is something that you really have to take time to do. And it's hard, I think, because we're all so busy. Mm. Yeah, we, we, are, we are. And I get what it's like, you know, to like what I do with up my influence is that it's it's so much bigger than me. I feel like I have a moral imperative to do what I'm doing. Yeah. So there is a bit of urgency, but use that urgency to scale and give other people opportunities so that you don't have to do that, you know, 12, 16, 18 hour workday stuff for very long. At the beginning, you're going to need to, but I, I really urge, I was going to say, that's one other thing that we require from our clients is they need to at least have an assistant. Otherwise, if they're looking at plugging into our system, it's, not gonna happen. it's just going to be one more thing. They're trying to do everything. They're going to run themselves into the ground. Right. Just you have to hire people. You are not going to do it all yourself. Um, that's not even a good lifestyle business. That's that's just, uh, you know, unless you're someone that gets paid, you know, four or five hundred dollars an hour and that's all you want. You don't even want an assistant. If you figure that out, God bless you for that. Let but me know, yeah. most people, most people, that's just not, uh, you know, again, spread the wealth, build a system, build a team and you can do far, far more things in life. Yeah, the team and system is something that we I mean, we put the team in place as soon as we can. And it takes a little more time to build revenue when you have a large team that, you know, you have cash flow issues and things like that. But the systems are next. And that's kind of what we've been working on over the last couple of years is to really get the systems in place. Give me a book that I'm going to read more than the first 25 pages of. Ha! Uh, have you read Miracle Morning yet? Not yet. Oh, that is, and I'll share that one. I mean, there's a lot of classics I sure. could share, but that one is truly, has truly been a life-changing book for me. Um, and it's not, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, people talk about, you know, using it and waking up at 5 a.m. and becoming a, <laughs> yeah. a morning person. It's, it's, you know, that's a part of it. Um, but, but really it's about living with intention and it's about, you know, each day, you know, kind of setting our day, uh, you know, setting a compass for our day and being very intentional about what it is that we want to create each and every day and living our lives in gratitude and living our lives uh, focused on, you know, the greatest value that we can and greatest good that we can bring uh, to the world. It's it's a really amazing. You'll read the the reviews on Amazon and you'll think that you're joining a cult. I mean, <laughs> it is. Yeah. It really has that kind of a devoted following. And I'll just say, especially I'd say in the past few years. I, it is definitely one of the top most uh, top, top five most influ influential books I've ever read. Well, you're going to get a tweet from me and it'd be like, oh, I'm up at 530. Thanks a lot. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> I, I will have uh, converted yet another one to our cult. And they're a lot of fun. 
Well, I can tell you the difference that I feel in the morning when I simply take 10 minutes to meditate, to think, to yes. get my day planned. And, and, and meditation for me, when I first started, was like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. But really, it's pretty simple. I can, when I don't do it, I can tell the difference. And when I start my day looking at emails and worrying and things like that on the way to work, that nope. didn't work. No, absolutely. And and he'll you'll you'll learn that he's got a program. It's called Savers. It's basically you know, six or seven things that you do every morning. One of them's meditation. One of them's affirmation. One of them is reading, yeah. um, you know, a good book. Um, you know, one of them is some physical fitness, um, maybe journaling, giving gratitude, giving thanks. Um, if you start your day with just one hour earlier and you, you do those things for about 10 minutes a piece, your life will completely change. I was not a meditator. Sure. I, I still don't consider myself a meditator, but I cannot, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I cannot deny that I just feel more balanced. I feel more like assured of, of what I'm doing. I feel more at peace with everything that I do. I still yeah. don't enjoy it. I'll be honest. Yeah. But I like the effects. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. It is it is hard to make that conscious decision to do that every day, but I think it's that peace um, which most business owners are looking for and confidence yeah. that really can change everything. I know when I feel more confident and happy that I'm actually doing what I'm doing, and and I love my office in the morning when there's no one here and I can kind of see what's going, what's coming, and 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 the mm. excitement of the day before it gets busy and emails start going off. That's my favorite time. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it really and, and you'll get to the point after you've been doing uh, Miracle Morning for a little while where you'll go to bed excited about, about the next morning. I, yep. and I I mean that literally. And and I again, I am not a morning person, but I, I look forward to this indulgent what I consider indulgent me time where it's just focused on the kind of person that I get to be for the world, the kind of person I get to be for my wife, for my kids, mm -hmm. um, for my team, for my clients. Uh, and, and, and it's that hour that I invest in myself in the morning that, that really helps me to become that person. I love it. So Josh, give me somebody that you would love to have dinner with and why? Sheesh. Well, you know, Abe Lincoln would be quite all right. Yeah, uh, he's one of mine. Him. That would be amazing. Uh, you know, wouldn't mind spending time with uh, someone like Napoleon Hill, that would be great. Uh, who had, you know, had so much time, you know, with the world's uh, wealthiest people at the time and, and the insights that he gained. Um, you know, I've, I've read the book, you know, a half a dozen times. And uh, every time I read it, there's there's more that I get out of it. And so I suspect that if I were to spend I'm going to I'm going to say Napoleon Hill, because if I were to spend yeah. an hour's evening, you know, an hour in the evening with him over over dinner, um, just asking him questions about insights that I've gotten from the books, I'm sure that he could absolutely take it even much deeper. Sure. Yeah, and I, there's a lot. Lincoln would be interesting, but yeah, I think Napoleon Hill would be a really good dinner. So if you make that happen, let me know. Yeah, I will. I will. Because <laughs> that would be great. Give me, before we get to the last couple questions here, give me something that you think that I can put into action or you think that some of our listeners can put into action and maybe we're thinking about that PR route. Maybe yeah. we don't know if we're ready. So really, how do we know if we're ready? How do we know if this is the step that we should go down and what can I do today um, that could maybe get me one step closer to that? Or what can I do myself today that would be beneficial that I'm probably not doing? Yeah, let me give you a list of items real quick. Number one, up 
update your LinkedIn profile. And I mean, seriously spend some time making yourself look like an amazing rock star. Go find me on LinkedIn and just copy my format. Also, I have a I have a blog post that explained exactly why I did exactly what I did. All right. Um, So I don't don't know if that's good grammar, but um, my name is Josh. (laughs) And the last name is Ella. Just search me. You don't need to connect with me. Just if you want to, that's great. Love to. Um, But but just copy what I did. Um, You'll see that I've got lots of multimedia. I've written in a certain way. I've got cover image of my avatar. Like it's all extremely intentional. I don't believe you can overinvest in your your LinkedIn profile today. Um, That's number one. That's a no brainer because that will automatically. So so number one is your social media. Um, And I would say for in the B2B world, LinkedIn is number one, most important to just have a good presence. Number two is going to be Twitter because Twitter is an amazing communications tool to connect with anybody on the planet that you want, um, including influencers. And so if you look like a big shot on Twitter, it's just going to open up a lot of doors for you. And then, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram are are good, but those tend to be kind of more B2C type um, channels. Um, So if you're in the B2C world, then I would absolutely, you know, spend some time there. Secondly, you need to get real serious in this uh, in 2018 about serving more people, other bloggers, other podcasters, uh, being quoted in news articles so that your vanity Google search results show Mm -hmm. that you're a bit of a rock star. Again, um, if if I'm considering doing business with somebody and it's a five hundred dollar or more investment, you better believe I'm going to Google them. Oh, yeah. Uh, And that's what that's what most people who pride themselves on their ability to do do due diligence. All they're doing is just doing a Google search and checking out your home page and checking out your social media. That's pretty much it. And then finally, I'd say number three is uh, if you haven't updated your website in a few years, I mean, Brian, you're you know all about this, but it's already outdated. Um, you need to refresh every few years. Um, and then I would say that every every good website for a business that is in business for yourself and you want to do anything with influencers, particularly influencers in the medium, is that you have to have a press kit. And a press kit is just simply, here's the executive summary, everything you need to know about me. And yes, you need to know that I commonly work with the media and I commonly work with investors or not investors, but uh, influencers. Interesting. Um, Because they're going to follow your lead. And if they see that you never uh, are interviewed on podcasts, then they're not going to interview you. If they see that you don't work in with the media, they're not going to they're not going to use your quote. So you have to lead by showing them that, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, and I LinkedIn profile is one of the easiest thing that I'm so surprised that people don't do. But I haven't heard about that. I mean, I've heard of a press kit, but that is interesting too because that's what they're going to want to easily download on there too. So, serving more people and becoming a rock star in your own right. Do you think that's important for CEOs to do? To businesses do? How do you separate yourself from the company? And should you? You know, in fact, I, I would say our, our our audience really tends to be the the principals with the company right. and not the company itself. Like if Kleenex comes to us and say, hey, we want to do this amazing PR campaign on how you can blow your nose and do a clean. We don't do that. That's Got just it. not that's not what we do. We, we work with people. And um, because, again, one of our core values is human connection, where we harness the power of relationships to create sustainable collaboration. Wow. So usually on Twitter, that's going to be personal Twitter account to personal Twitter account, not business to business uh, Twitter accounts. I got you. Um, yeah, if you're talking person to person, it's amazing what you can get done. Um, you know, because you know when you and I are in a room together, 
we have the advantage of me seeing all the other areas of communication, your body language, your your tonality, your, you know, your facial expression. I can feel your confidence. I can feel your giving nature. But when I'm just looking at your website, we have a digital barrier. So what what I see our job or our role as an agency or as a platform is we're in the job of 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 bring tearing down that digital barrier and helping people get to discover the real you. And if they discover the real you, they're going to like you and they're going to want to do business with you. Yeah, and that's interesting. So talk to me just one more time too. I just want to really hear from you is is what do we need to be looking at, you know, so we can go out and we can get our LinkedIn profile, we can really get our social media up, we could probably do that ourselves and putting together a press kit. But then do we need to look at and how do we look at what we have to sell and what we have to offer? I mean, what happens after we do get this press? Well, you need to, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> right. Perfect. <laughs> to quote Uncle Ben, I yep. mean, it's, you know, if you're aligned with your purpose, and you know what the, the value is that you bring in the world, then your authority is a currency and you can cash in that currency any way you want. I mean, if I waved my magic wand and all of a sudden you had 10 times the authority that you have today. Sure. I think pretty much everyone listening to us, they're going to have some pretty good ideas of what that means for them. Um, and so if you're working on that authority and that influence, um, you know, I, at the same time, start, uh, you know, building that vision board or that dream board of, of exactly what you want to do with all of that power and then just start living as if. And yeah, if you that. believe that you have that level of authority and influence, that's really going to lead a lot of positive action and like people it. are going to feel it and yeah. they're going to say i don't know who this guy is or this gal is but boy she really knows what she's talking about like you'll you'll overcome that imposter syndrome you know and part of our value of authority is that we help people own and grow their unique experience and their wisdom and when you own it uh it's amazing but people feel it and they just respond yeah and that imposter syndrome is interesting who am i to have this and who am i to be the one that speaks and i think yeah. a lot of people have it and that's a tough thing to get over so i'm glad you brought that up so before we get to the last question, how do we best get this? You know, because I know we didn't talk about Savings Angel a whole lot, but there is SavingsAngel.com. But how do we get next? What's our next next best step to get a hold of you and, and to see if this is a good fit for us? Right. Um, so if there's agency, uh, you know, if you're an agency owner or you work in the, you know, kind of the service uh, industry where you serve other clients, um, we do a lot of collaboration. I believe in a collaboration at all costs uh, way of doing business, you know, kind of the one plus one equals three. Um, but if you go to upmyinfluence.com, there's a tab that says partners. And there's a number of ways that we work white label, we work private label, we do joint ventures, we do rev share. It's it's really affiliate. I mean, really any way that, that you feel that we could help you grow your agency and provide more value to your clients and, and help you make more money. We do a lot of that. Cool. Um, certainly if you're a, uh, you know, you're a principal or founder or, you know, with a business, you have uh, maybe in the marketing capacity, um, there's, there's a lot that we could provide value with as well. And again, you'll see exactly what we do. You'll, you know, you'll see exactly how our products work and, and we price them so that, that, that they're accessible by everybody. But again, that's just at upmyinfluence.com. Very cool. Last thing, and um, I love this question because it's something, and I don't want to be asked it yet, so hopefully no one turns the tables on me because I'm not sure, but I think I know my answer. But what do you hope that your legacy will be? 
Oh, well, so again, because I believe that everybody has a unique message that will positively impact the world, I, I really truly want to equalize that. Thankfully, you know, we have social media now, which facilitates that. Um, but I think a lot of people are, you know, it's like they have something amazing that they can do, um, but maybe they lack that uh, conviction or that that uh, confidence. Uh, I, I want that to end. I want everybody to realize that they truly are the person that the world has been waiting for. And if not you, who? And yeah. if not now, when? Um, it is your time. This is your day. You have the message that somebody else is waiting for. And you have the power to positively impact lives in a major, major way. Um, you know, it's just a matter of, you know, really investing in your digital presence, taking it very seriously, and then taking advantage of every opportunity you have to bring value to somebody. Josh, I love that. You're going to make my staff wonder what's going on today because I'm fired up and I'm hopefully <laughs> all my listeners are going to be too. And I just think that's a real powerful message and it really shows that you want to do that. And I think there are a lot of people out there, if not now, you know, if not now, when, when's it going to happen? And you might as well do it now. And if it's not going to be you, it's going to be somebody else. So mm. thank you so much, Josh. I really appreciate it. This was great for me. Um, this is going to be great for our audience. And thank you for everything that you're doing. And we'll definitely connect um, after this and, and moving forward. And um, if you need to connect, upmyinfluence.com and also savingsangel.com uh, as well. Josh, thank you so much for being on our show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Brian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I loved our conversation. Cool, me too. It was great. We could go for a while. So thanks again. I appreciate it. That was Josh Elledge, you guys, and you've got to look him up. Follow him on Twitter. Look at his LinkedIn profile. Update your LinkedIn profile. It's not that hard. Copy. Josh said you could copy him. So again, thanks again for being on The Business Machine. And if you guys know anybody that would be a great guest to be on The Business Machine, please let us know at businessmachine.show. And remember, a company's sole purpose is to improve the lives of people that work there. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you on the next one.